My major pain has, has been invisible. The mobility aid makes it better. It gives me freedom. It can get to the core beliefs we have about ourselves. Don't ever think you're alone. Welcome to Major Pain. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury, and this week we'll be speaking with Pauline about mast cell activation syndrome. Here's a little background info from Healthline.com. Mast cells are part of your immune system. They're found throughout the body, particularly in your bone marrow and around blood vessels. When people are exposed to allergens, including medications, foods, and insect venom that they're allergic to, mast cells typically react by releasing chemical mediators. These mediators cause symptoms of an allergic reaction, including itching, mucus, and inflammation. If you have mast cell activation syndrome, your mast cells release these same mediators too frequently and too often on their own, without exposure to an allergen. Mastocytosis, a variant of MCAS, happens when your body produces too many mast cells in one or more organs within your body. MCAS can also occur without a known cause. And something we'll discuss today with Pauline is that mast cell activation syndrome, or MCAS, is widely variable. It can be very different from person to person, which leads to the extreme difficulty in finding a diagnosis. Pauline herself searched for over 15 years for a diagnosis for her mysterious symptoms, and she actually was just diagnosed recently. Pauline has a wide variety of symptoms from MCAS, but they include sinus blockage, puffy eyes, skin flushing, and burning welts. And in fact, she'll actually tell us a story about having an extreme reaction while on a New York subway platform with her daughter, and she had intense welts on her face, and strangers passing by thought they were bruises. People were assuming that she was a domestic abuse survivor fleeing from an abusive relationship. She actually wrote an article about this experience that appeared in the Washington Post. The timing of this interview was very interesting for me personally, because just days after recording this interview with Pauline, I went to see an allergist who told me that I might have some form of mast cell disease. So I'm currently going through the process of being evaluated for that, which is going to take, you know, a couple of months because things are slow. But in the meantime, I'm trialing some medications to see if they help. And then I went back and I re-listened to my conversation with Pauline as I did, you know, the editing process. And I really heard it with fresh ears because I was already starting to pick up more information about, you know, MCAS and its related uh, conditions like mastocytosis. And it really made me appreciate what a great job Pauline did talking through all of this information because there is so much information out there about mast cell disorders. And a lot of it is contradictory. And a lot of it is personal to the individual patient because it varies so much from person to person how it can manifest. She also did a fantastic job speaking to the nature of being undiagnosed and medical gaslighting and doctors making her feel like she was actually losing her mind, where she would have visible symptoms and go into the doctor's office and be told that it was her fault or that it wasn't real. Um, you know, the type of thing that's just so heartbreaking to hear. But she made it through all of that and finally got her official diagnosis and has now become an advocate for the MCAS community, sharing information on social media and doing a lot of work to try to help other people feel less alone and to not feel like they're losing their minds when they're going through this sort of intense flare-up all the time that doctors cannot track down the cause of. So, it's a great episode. I'm so appreciative to Pauline for sharing all of this with us, and we're going to get to it in just a few minutes. 
This podcast is produced with the support of listeners on Patreon. If you are enjoying this podcast, if it is part of your weekly ritual, I hope you will consider signing up to support this show with monthly financial contributions through Patreon. We have three tiers of support, the $2 per month supporters, the $7 per month patrons, and the $25 per month producers. Everyone who signs up gains access to our monthly bonus episodes with myself and my partner, Andy, and we're about to hit the year mark. Uh, We've done 12 of those episodes. The next one will be our year anniversary of doing these bonus episodes for Patreon, and every single one of them has been fantastic. And then different tiers on Patreon also come with different gifts. Our $7 per month patrons will receive a gift of a Major Pain coaster made by my mom. And our $25 producers will receive a coaster and a tote bag also made by my mom. They are beautiful. They came out so great. And I'm very excited to send them to people when uh, listeners sign up on Patreon. Extra special thank you to our $25 per month producers, Steve Cavanaugh, Chris Fowler, Ensign Q, Trish O'Brien, and Hipster Leia, who are going above and beyond to support this show. Stay tuned at the end of every episode to hear all of our $7 per month patrons also listed by name. And I just appreciate all of your support so, so much. It's really important to me to keep this podcast going. And one of the best ways to make sure that happens is to bring in some financial support to carve out the time that I will need to produce this podcast indefinitely. So one of the best ways to do that is through Patreon. I hope you'll check it out, patreon.com slash podcast. You can find that link in the show notes of this episode. Another great way to support this podcast is by signing up to participate in research studies and surveys through Rare Patient Voice. So if you're listening to this episode because you have mast cell activation syndrome or any other diagnosis, check out Rare Patient Voice. There are people looking for your expertise of living in your body to help researchers find better therapies for your disease in the future. It's a really cool opportunity to participate in research and get paid for your time, an average of $100 per hour. If you sign up using our link, rarepatientvoice.com slash majorpainpodcast, then you will also be supporting this podcast when you sign up. It's a real win-win situation, and I hope you'll check that out as well, rarepatientvoice.com slash majorpainpodcast. That link is also in the show notes of this episode. Speaking of rare diseases, if you have a rare disease that we have not covered on this podcast, I would love to talk to you. I am trying to collect a library of discussions with people who have as many diseases as possible. So if you have a rare disease or disability and are interested in appearing on this show, please reach out to me, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use that address to support the show with a one-time contribution on PayPal. All financial support is very appreciated. And you can also just email me. I love hearing from listeners. I'd love to hear what you think of our episodes or if you have questions for myself and our guests. That's a great way to reach out, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. I'll remind you before getting into our discussion with Pauline today that my guest and I are not medical professionals. So please do not take any medical action based off what you hear on this podcast without first consulting your doctor. And with that, we'll jump into our conversation with Pauline about mast cell activation syndrome. Pauline, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you. You are another person that I connected to through TikTok. Uh, and, you know, yes. TikTok has been very kind to this podcast. We've made a lot of really amazing connections. And you're someone that I'm really excited to get to know today. Thank you. I'm excited, too. I mean, um, I will have to I will just say briefly that uh, bless the algorithm gods on TikTok, because 
what the other social media uh, platforms don't provide is just basically kind of like a water cooler collecting of people who are searching for and relating to the same things. And I've had a lot of um, really great connections with people um, who have the same conditions that I do or suspect they have the same conditions I do. And um, it's been very, very helpful and validating. And, yes. Uh, in a nice way. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. TikTok has been very kind to me and and uh not just this project but my, you know, my other nerdy Star Trek TikTok. TikTok has just been very kind. I appreciate it very much. Um so Pauline, let's get to know you a little bit. Tell us a little about yourself. Well, um I am a mother of one. Um I have uh, we're both neurodivergent. Um I have diagnosed severe ADHD and she's um autistic and awesome. Um, I'm also a uh, writer, a freelance writer. I've written for Time, for Washington uh, Post, for Huffington Post, for um, Marie Claire, just a variety. I've got uh, all of my stuff on my writing portfolio. Um, and I've also uh, been, I'm, I'm an artist, more kind of a, kind of a bad artist. I'm the starving <laughs> artist. I'm the starving artist because I create things and then I never promote them. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to get better at that. I've got, it, it's, it's my husband's just like, are you never going to do anything with this? But anyway, um, so yeah, I, I love day of the dead art and um, doodling. That's um, one of the things that I like to do. And uh, they always say, you know, try to make a business out of what you would do for free. You have to love what you want to make a business out of it enough to do it for free in order for it to, you know, to, to be able to like w go through the, that hard parts. And, um, I do, I love, I, I, I do, I did a live last night with like zero people just painting skulls for day of the dead because I was going to be doing it anyway, you know, mm -hmm. um, a dog lover and, uh, research junkie. But I think that, uh, goes part and parcel with the job, the, 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 the writing, the journalism and uh, hyperfixation with ADHD and potential autism. So, no one looks at you funny when you're the reporter asking why all the time. Mm. Um, but if you're not the reporter and you're asking why all the time, because why is what you need to know, you, you might get some looks. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think my career kind of um, is, is a manifestation of just the way my brain works. Yeah, very cool. Well, speaking of your writing, you did send me a, an article that you'd written about what we're about to talk about with your health. It was so interesting. I'm really excited to to get into this and to learn more. So, Pauline, what is your major pain? My major pain is mast cell activation syndrome. I, I was diagnosed officially this year, uh, about four months ago, but I was unofficially diagnosed last year. And I say unofficially because I was diagnosed by a functional medicine doctor. Mm. And in the state of Minnesota, functional medicine doctors are not MDs. Uh, they were, they are MDs in a state that I used to live in. Mm -hmm. uh, and my GP, my general practitioner, um, would not, uh, quote unquote, accept the diagnosis from a non-MD uh, doctor. So she, uh, she, she was pr pr uh, prescribing medication uh, for stabilizing mast cells for me because she believed I had it, but she wouldn't go far enough as to diagnose um, and asked and suggested that I get, I try to go further and find a specialist who would give the official, the official diagnosis who was an MD or even a nurse practitioner. Um, and I was able to get that finally this year after a nine month wait for my appointment. And my daughter 
because pediatric mast cell is not as, um, I'm not going to say not as prevalent, but I think it's easier to get appointments for kids because uh, uh, it just it just seems to be. My daughter, uh, her appointment, I think it only took four months, six months for four months for her appointment, and um, we had, that was two days ago, and she was diagnosed on just just recently. So, yeah, mast cell activation syndrome is it's very complex, and uh, I, I think it's only been a, an official condition that people can be diagnosed with since, since I think in 2007 is mm. when it became official. My daughter was born in 2007. Uh, and for what I've learned anecdotally um, and through research is that mast cell activation syndrome is usually associated with or often associated with a trigger of some point. Mm-hmm. You might not realize it when it starts, but looking back, you can figure out, okay, Things were semi-normal until about X point, either a car accident, some kind of injury, uh, some kind of major stressor in your life. For a lot of women, it's pregnancy. Um, and for me, it, it was pregnancy. I know that I probably was um, ma- uh, symptomatic or I, I probably had this my entire life, uh, but it wasn't just, it just wasn't severe. It might've been more histamine intolerance as a kid. Um, and there were just, you know, a couple of things looking back were, you know, flushing on my face as a baby, uh, always being kind of like a night owl, not being able to fall asleep right away, extreme, uh, reactions to bug bites. Like, you know, I get a spider bite and instead of just, uh, and just little, you know, home spiders, little, little harmless home spiders, uh, instead of just getting a bite the size of a mosquito bite, like a normal person would, mine becomes this giant, Swell, 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 swollen spot underneath my skin that is so big and so uh, ex- extreme that, like, the long, when I got one behind my knee, I couldn't bend my knee for two weeks. Mm. Um, you know, so like, just that, all these like little weird things, but everything was generally okay, air quotes, until I got pregnant, and then everything started going to to hell. <laughs> um, everything started going to hell. Uh, but ever since then. Um, I've been um, a mess. There's a, a, a lot of, there's a hashtag on TikTok, allergic to life. Um, <laughs> and and a, a lot of people I've seen who use it uh, do have or suspect they have mast cell activation syndrome. And it's because it, it literally feels like that's what's happening. Um, you react to anything and everything. Uh, triggers can be anything from stress to temperature changes, to uh, new medications, even if you're not actually allergic to them, to various foods, to hormonal changes, to uh, exercise. So like I I walk every day a few miles, but I try not to do anything super high cardio because that can set off a histamine dump and trigger a mast cell release and that can lead to anaphylaxis. Um, So there's just, there are so many triggers. And then I was having all these weird symptoms after I had my daughter for the first year um, I literally, I almost lost all of my hair. Um, every time I would take a shower, just clumps would fall out and I'd get out of the shower just crying. And my husband would go in there quietly and so sweetly and just pick, clean out, clean out the shower because I couldn't do it. It was just too, by the time she was a year old, I had just enough hair left on either side of like by my ears to pull back into the tiniest little bun. 
to hide and uh, and kind of, kind of camouflage the back. So I, my hair was falling out. Um, I was becoming so I was becoming allergic, or I felt like allergic to everything right before my cycle and right within and during my cycle. Um, swelling, uh, reacting to things that I'd never reacted to before, not being aware that I was having allergic reactions because I didn't have the words to describe it. And, um, and, and, and we thought I was allergic to my period, which is a condition in and of itself that's called autoimmune progesterone dermatitis because I had a lot of uh, skin rashes and hives, dermatological issues. However, that is suspected to uh, by um, a couple of uh, well-known mast cell doctors that I've, I've, I've read their research. Some believe that, it, that, that that actually is a manifestation or a symptom that falls underneath the mast cell activation umbrella. Uh, so like I check all of these boxes, right? Um, that like, okay, so you've got, you're allergic to basically everything. Um, and even if you're not allergic to it, you react to it. I tell people, and I've got a TikTok on this. Um, I compare mast cell activation syndrome to a faulty smoke alarm. So if you have a smoke alarm and you put in a fresh battery, it's only going to react. It's only going to go off if there's a legit and easily identifiable trigger, the smoke or from the fire or from food on your stove that sets off the smoke alarm because it senses that danger, right? So that's your histamine, that's your mast cell. Um, that, those are your mast cells. Um, when they're working properly, they're only going to respond if, say, you get a mosquito bite. Um, everybody has reactions to mosquito bites, right? But it's a typical, you know, small bump, itchy, pain in the ass, but it's livable, right? You might have to put a bandaid over it, have to scratch it, put an X with your fingernail, all the tricks people do, take a Benadryl, whatever, but like that's it, right? Um, so there's, there's your working smoke alarm. Um, it also could be, you know, compared to, um, you know, if you uh, have like a peanut allergy um, or a true IgE mediated allergy that when you have a reaction to or are tested for, it shows up on your blood tests or your skin tests, right? A prick test, that kind of thing. Uh, those are that's your that's your working smoke alarm system. That's your functioning mast cells, right? Faulty smoke alarm would be, for example, last night I watched Top Gun Maverick with my husband, <laughs> um, and I cry during movies, and I cried like four different times. I had all these like just like nostalgia waves of emotions crying. Crying and high and high and, and, and getting highly excitable. Any kind of, I mean, it, it, it was happy crying. It was a good, it was a great movie. Uh, but I had such an emotional response to it that I had to take a Benadryl after the movie because my, uh, my, my, uh, I got flushed. I got, um, allergic shiners. I got puffy under my eyes. Uh, I got, uh, my, my sinuses completely blocked up, could not drive, could not do anything, could not breathe, could not drive a bus through it if you tried. Um, and I, and I was like, Oh God, I have to get up and take a Benadryl. And my husband was like, you're kidding. And I said, no, I, I cried myself into a reaction <laughs> and, and he kind of started laughing with me because it's just, that's where we are. Right. Um, but the faulty smoke alarm that, that goes back to that because when, with, with, a, with a faulty smoke alarm, you do not have, or do not always have true allergic markers for why you reacted to something. 
your mast cells are like a faulty battery or a dying battery in a smoke alarm. Anything can set them off. Some of your triggers can be, or some of my triggers um, are predictable. Um, like I know which one, I know things that I need to avoid. Uh, but uh, I also know that I'm more allergic to things at certain times of the month. I also know that I'm more allergic to things if I'm more stressed um, and I, or I should actually say reactive to things uh, because I do have true allergies. I have a few um, that do require an EpiPen, uh, but I also react because of mast cell activation syndrome. I react to more things that I don't test positive for allergies to than react to things that I actually am allergic to. They're all just as serious though. Yeah. Like, yeah, this, so I have a question yeah. for you. Um, so yeah. it sounds like there is some overlap between severe allergies and mast cell activation syndrome. I want to see if I'm understanding this correctly. So it sounds like everyone has mast cells and that mm-hmm. um, mast cells activate when you have a, a histamine reaction to something. Um, and I'm curious to hear if, I don't know, I mean, I know we're not medical professionals here, but I'm curious yeah. to hear uh about that process whatever you know about it but it sounds like for someone with normal allergies mast cells will activate and maybe if you have a bug bite do they like run to that area or something and make that swell up or how does that work and then and then also and i guess the second part of my question is you know what is the difference between um having severe allergies and having mast cell activation syndrome even though i know that there is some overlap okay so Everybody has mast cells, right? It's like the army guarding the castle, you know? Everybody has mast cells, kind of like everybody has white blood cells. Your mast cells, when they react, they release multiple mediators in your body. And histamines are, there are two types of histamines, H1s and H2s that are released. Those are the guards, you know, reacting to the threat. And the threat can be something that your body thinks is a threat that isn't actually a threat. Mm. Uh, so let's say um, your smoke alarm just goes off, right? Nothing happened. You're not cooking anything. Your smoke alarm just goes off. Um, the battery's dying. It's faulty. And mm. back to mass cell, same thing. Okay. So I got like you. for me, yeah. So like one of the examples that I see, and I think I did a TikTok on this one too, is I compared it to a sink. Okay. Everybody has, you know, you got a kitchen sink. If the drain is clogged or you haven't like, you forgot to like, you know, actually turn on the garbage disposal and you just finished doing the dishes um, and you've got, you've got a drip going on, right? And the drain is clogged. Okay. Eventually that, that, that those, that drip is going to fill the sink. It's going to get higher and higher and higher and higher. And eventually it's going to spill over Mm -hmm. and it's going to continue to spill over until the drain is fixed, emptied, cleaned out, whatever. Um, That's, that's your histamine levels, your histamines, not your body, not being able to clear histamine levels properly Mm -hmm. um, or as steadily as a person without MCAS or um, histamine intolerance. Um, But if your sink is working properly and your histamine and, and your body can process histamines properly. Okay. So you get a bug bite okay, your body releases some histamines. That's where the, 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 your, your, your body says, okay, that's the threat, the mosquito bite on your arm or on your kneecap or whatever is a threat. Um, your body releases that, that, um, the, the histamines and, and that's where it targets. 
and you take your Benadryl or your Zyrtec or your Allegra or whatever, and things go back to normal and you're fine. But mast cell, for me in my experience, because it does present, there are a lot of common um, commonalities, but it does present differently in, everybody's kind of got their own, this is how my I present. And for me, if I'm already reactive to things, then I'm going to be reacting to other things uh, because my sink is clogged mm-hmm. and every new thing just is a new drop of water in the clogged sink that's already full and c- continues to spill over. Yeah. So if, um, for example, before I was diagnosed with mast cell and before I was aware that I was allergic to latex and coconut, um, I was slathering coconut. I was using coconut on everything because it's supposed to be go- so good for you, right? I was using coconut oil in my smoothies. I was using it on my skin for lotion. I was using it in my hair. I was like just big bullseye on myself. Like, hi, how, how stupid could you be if you would have known? Um, and because I was already, because I already had mast cell, but didn't know it. And my histamine levels and my mast cells were already super sensitive and hyper reactive. I was becoming even, I was having even more severe reactions because it was already a hypersensitive system. Yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah. So, so like, instead of just like you stub your toe and you cry or or you stub your toe, an adult stubs their toe and they go, ow, uh, but like mass cell, you stub your toe and then like you can't walk for three days because like, you know, it, it just, it sets off like it's just this just shower of joint pain and, 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 and it's just this, this cascade of like of a domino effect, you know, like that kind of example. So it's more whispering versus shouting. I like this, uh, this army example where it's like you have uh, an army at the ready. Your mass cells are like this army that is ready to attack allergens. Mm-hmm. But it's like no no opposing army is showing up, but your army just starts battling for yeah because it's Random, just yeah. it's too ready to go <laughs> yeah and it just starts it kind is. of fighting itself. So when that happens, when your sink overflows, when when your smoke alarm goes off, um, what what sort of symptoms do you experience? I know this is wide ranging and different for many people, but yeah. but how how would you characterize it for you? If for me. Um, it starts with, uh, uh, okay, so last night, for example, was a minor reaction. I've got minor, I've got what I call, and this is just my terms, this is, these are not medical terms. Um, I use uh, mini anaphylaxis, mini MCAS anaphylaxis, and then uh, severe uh, reactions. Uh, so last night was a mini MCAS anaphylaxis for me, and again, air quotes, uh, because what happened was, um, the, the, like I said, the, the, the nasal, the sinus blockage, the, the, the puffy eyes, um, and, uh, and, and the skin flushing, that's two body systems, right? It was a, right? Uh, sinuses and skin. That's two body systems. And uh, I always have some type of anaphylaxis, uh, but not the kind that necessarily means needing to go to the hospital for me based on my doctor's recommendations because no doc, no emergency room is going to take me seriously. Well, no one, no emergency room took me seriously when I first would go in. And I have two body systems affected at once. That's great. Um, do you need to use your EpiPen right now? No. Um, right? So um, I have the mini, and I also get, um, it could also start with, I've got uh, on my forehead, I've got uh, uh, two welts, one rub of my right eyebrow and one kind of 
sort of like off off to left of center. Mm-hmm. Uh, those both showed up yesterday. Uh, yesterday morning, I don't know. I have no idea what triggered them. I have a TikTok where uh, two TikToks back to back where I uh, was. I, I'm just I'm, my eyes are watering and burning, and and I'm, I look like I'm crying, and I'm trying to like document what's happening so I can help other people realize. Okay, you don't have to feel crazy because I'm I'm figuring things out here, and um, and then like I took my rescue medication. Um, my 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 doctor ordered prescribed rescue medication that helps stabilize mast cells. And I, five minutes later, the burning, the welt that was forming that I didn't realize was forming uh, while I was having this reaction with the water rays and the sinuses um, stopped burning the pressure. It stopped forming. It it, Mm. it calmed down. Like it's there, it presented, but it wasn't hurting anymore. Uh, And uh, so that, that, that's kind of the mini one for me, Uh, a, a big one for me. Um, if it starts with a panic attack or what I think is a panic attack, uh, or what I should say, what, what feels like a panic attack to me, that impending doom feeling that people get with, um, report with anaphylaxis Mm -hmm. start, like your heart feels tight. Like something's going to, it's not a heart attack, but it's just that something's wrong. I, what, what, you know, your, your, your heart starts, your heart rate goes up. Um, you feel that like that that fear you're gonna have, you, you're gonna have, you're gonna be in a car accident you see it happening you can't stop in time and just that instant of fear that grabs your your heart like it makes you tight right there that that's the beginning sign of a major reaction for me where I need to have my um, rescue medication at the ready and 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 basically if I, the faster I take it the better it gets um, and I'm able to stop um, um, a full blown anaphylaxis uh, reaction within 15 minutes. Uh, 15 to 30, 15 minutes, like the, 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 the panic goes away. And then within 30 minutes, all of my other symptoms, uh, stop progressing. Whereas if I didn't take my rescue meds in time, um, at, uh, then I would end up, and this happened to me for years because I didn't know what was happening. Um, I would go from the, the, the progression would generally be, uh, the panic and then, um, painful pressure uh it, like like fire burning in my under my skin where welts were forming and uh, that i didn't realize were allergic welts or hives um flushing ears turning bright red face turning bright red allergic uh, uh shiners uh the kind you you know the kind you would imagine like you know a teenager to have like who got just like dumped at by her boyfriend like on prom night like just the big puffy eyes underneath um Bloodshot eyes, brain fog, uh, where I am not able to, I'm sitting there feeling like I just chugged like an entire gallon of espresso and I'm jittery and I'm, I feel like my, my blood's like electric and I can't speak without stuttering, uh, because my brain and my, 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 my muscles have just like disconnected. So I, I tell my daughter, I, I can't talk right now. Um, and need a little bit of time. This is what I would tell her. And she would just sit next to me and wait with me. Um, and I also would get, um, I get, and I know this is weird because, but it happens to me, but I, I haven't, and I found a few other people who have, um, Ehlers-Danlos who said that it happens to them too, which I have not been diagnosed with, but I am, um, supposed to be evaluated for, uh, where I also get like this disconnect of my, the collagen in my skin. 
I've got a TikTok where I'm sitting there like playing with my lip and like pulling it all the way down and push my nose all the way up. And like, there is zero resistance. I, I don't feel it, my, my skin just turns to rubber. And um, that goes away too. When I take my rescue med in time, it's only tied to severe reactions um, or a symptom or, or it's a signal of time for me to take again, rescue medication. Um, time lost, I lose time. Like I could, I, I, the last major reaction that I had um, last year, uh, I, I was sitting there just like in this brain fog slash time, time warp where it's like two hours went by and I had no idea that it had been that long. And when I looked at the time, I was just blown away and realized, okay, so the trigger that I associated with that, I have to avoid uh, because that set off a huge histamine dump that, you know, resulted in what I now know and learned later was an anaphylactic reaction. So, um, uh, yeah, there's, there are a lot of, um, for a lot of people, the, the symptoms can range. Um, let me see here. I actually pulled up. There's a great website called massattack.org hmm. written by, she's, she's a scientist living with systemic mastocytosis. So that's the more serious condition that is under the mast cell disease umbrella. Uh, but she's got a lot of great information on her website. And uh, for symptoms, because there is a lot, of, like I said, people usually have their own presentation, their own like, okay, this is my domino effect. But um, symptoms can include things like, let's see here, anaphylaxis, of course. I know I don't know a single person who's got a mast cell activation syndrome diagnosis that does not have EpiPens. Um, skin issues such as flushing, that's one hallmark. Um, I can tell you personally that um, I had so much flushing across my face and my cheeks, um, specifically that I was tested for lupus five times, and because they th because that's the, that, that butterfly rash mm -hmm. is uh, typical of, of lupus, mm -hmm. but um, it would go, but it went away. But uh, I, like I tell people now, um, Benadryl doesn't fix lupus, right? So obviously, <laughs> it wasn't that. Yeah. Uh, other presentation for symptoms for skin can include hives, itching. Um, angioedema, swelling. I get swelling too. I've had my, my fingers swell so badly that I actually could not bend them. Um, and then there's called something called dermatographism. Um, I might've mispronounced that. Uh, but basically it's like skin writing. If you can write on, if you scratch with your nail, not hard enough to, 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 to cut skin, of course, right. Not to do physical damage, but if you can do a, a line and you or write your name, on your arm and you can see it. Mm, I've never heard that. That's interesting. Then that's um, yeah. one. That's usually a, okay, we need to explore this further. Yeah. Uh, gastrointestinal issues. Um, so uh, having to pee like immediately, like this, this immediate urge to, to, to just go right now. Um, constipation, diarrhea, swelling in your GI tract, um, vomiting, difficulty swallowing, where not necessarily your for me, it's what happened to me. And I had an endoscopy for it that didn't go well. Um, but it was because we didn't know I had mast cell. Uh, but like, it, I, would, I would tell my doctors, it's not that my throat's closing. It's that I feels like food's getting stuck. Mm. Um, it feels like it's food's not going all the way down. Or if I would take medication, like, you know, it feels like the pill would get stuck. The capsule would be stuck. 
Um, and it was just, and that would set off this burping, hiccuping, um, chain reaction that would continue until enough gas got built up inside that I would become nauseous and then like basically projectile vomit. So like the second I start, I, I start burping, start that whole cascade, I would run for the bathroom because I knew it was coming, right? Um, that I was going to end up getting sick and I needed to be someplace where I could take care of that without making a mess in the house, right? Um, so, and then there's also psychiatric. So depression, anxiety, insomnia, and sleep disorders are all associated with mast cell uh, neurological, um, you know, headaches and migraines, feeling faint, um, pins and needles feelings, and uh, cardiovascular, high or low blood pressure, um, rapid or slow heartbeat, uh, you're ha having an abnormal heart rhythm, uh, palpitations, and it's not, that's not even a complete list, right? It's also like a spectrum, like everything else can be. Like um, neurodiversity is a spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. There are people with um, less severe mast cell who might only have the skin flushing and intense itching with reactions. There are, and then there are people posting in a Facebook group that I'm in for mast cell activation syndrome who are so severe that they literally, they have to have um, TPN, the um, intravenous um, uh, food uh, um, nutrient yeah. pumped in because they can't eat anything. Um, everything sets them off. I know of a woman uh, who, I know of a few actually, I don't know them personally, I just know them through the group, who are, the only thing they can eat is rice. Everything else sets them off. Um, for me personally, I know that um, I cannot eat three times a day because every time you eat, I can't, uh, you are, your body, our bodies release both insulin and histamines into our bloodstream. And my histamine, my, my, my sink is always clogged essentially, right? So every single time I eat, um, I'm adding more water to the histamine to this mean filled sink already, right? To follow the allegory or, and, um, or the comparison. And um, so I, if I limit myself, I practice intermittent fasting because it works for me. I know it doesn't work for everybody else. And I know this is a direct contradiction to the people who cannot eat anything right now, which is just shows the extreme spectrum that mast cell can include. Um, but like, I have to limit my food to like a four to six hour window I can eat once or twice a day, um, and I do better if I if I do uh, uh, a couple of thirty six hour fasts per week. Um, so basically, every other alternate day fasting, I'll eat. Uh, I'll skip one day. I'll eat two meals one day or one or two meals one day. Skip a day, just do water all day, and then eat two meals, one or two meals the, the, the following day. And I, my skin gets, but my skin clears up. My histamine levels um, uh, kind of. Uh, go to where a more manageable load. Um, my um, uh, bloating and my 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 brain fog and everything just kind of settles settles out. Um, and I know this is gonna again, you know, like we, like you said, this isn't medical advice or anything because obviously people have to do what's good, what's right for them, and what their what their doctors say. But 15 years of thinking I was crazy, being told I was crazy by doctors, being told by doctors I was imagining things, um, being told by doctors we have no idea what's wrong with you, here's an EpiPen, um, and um, uh, all the research that I did in the process, uh, 
while I thought I was crazy, uh, kind of like led me to all these, got down all these rabbit holes of research while I was trying to put an answer and a name to the conditions, the, the condition or conditions and symptoms I was experiencing because it didn't make sense for me. Anxiety and phobias are one thing. Those are in your brain. You can't see those. Um, but I had physical proof that something was severely wrong. Physical proof that others could see something was severely wrong. I used to have um, these lesions and th- my, my arms, I have like these d- like darker brown spots on my arms. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they used to be, when, when the, the, I, I used to have those all over my face, all over my legs. And when I would be in a huge flare, they would be red purple, raised, angry, and to the point where I would have kids pointing at me in public, asking me what was wrong with my face. Um, and like that, that didn't jive with it's all in your head. Sure. Um, yeah. That's like that article that I read that was in the Washington Post that you wrote about. Um, was it yeah. being, being on the subway or on the bus somewhere and, uh, and people were pointing at your lesions? Tell us that story. So, um, this uh this was i think in 2016 2017 i was traveling for i used to i used to i'm, I'm a writer right i used to blog and um uh published self-published a book um that i was um promoting as a speaker at a couple of um blogging conferences and um uh, so I'm, I'm in new york with my daughter she's i think eight or nine years old maybe and she's traveling with me and i knew that i was reactive to a lot of things because I'd had, I'd had a horrible experience with my previous conference, right? So I thought, I'm going to limit, I'm going to control what I am eating. I'm going to make a whole bunch of beef jerky at home um, so that I know what's in it. And I'm going to just eat that for the week and, and, and limit my, and only drink water. And, you know, I was going to try and control this as best I could. Would have been great if I wasn't histamine, if I didn't have mast cell activation syndrome and I wasn't allergic to coconut, because guess what oil I used for my, and and, um, ground beef is also high histamine. So Mm. basically I was just poisoning myself all week and and didn't know it. Um, And I was poisoning myself two ways. I was poisoning myself through activating my mast cells um, and uh, also um, with um, anaphylactic skin reactions and uh, didn't, didn't, didn't know it. By the end of the week, I looked like, and I'm not saying this, to um, make light of domestic violence, but I didn't realize how bad I looked until physically, until I was sitting uh, in a, um, what do you call it? To get on, when you're gonna go on the subway, the, um, the platform uh-huh. with my daughter, she was really tired. I did not, my, it was our last stop. I had plenty of time to get where I had to go and she, she needed to rest. So I have my suitcase with me because I'm going to my best friend's place um, from the hotel. I've got my suitcase. We're, we're both all bundled up. We've got all of our things with us. And I said, you know what? Forget it. We're in New York. She needs to rest. Um, and I can wait for the next bus. She needs a nap right now. I put my coat down on the floor, um, sat up against the subway wall and just let her fall asleep on me because there was no way I was going to be able to get her on the subway until she, until she got some rest. No problem. Um, I didn't think there was a problem until I had strangers walking by and kind of doing double takes. And I realized, oh, I probably, maybe, maybe I look like 
maybe I, I'm a, I don't know. I maybe I, I don't look like the typical typical homeless person, and so that they're seeing me, right? Um, I look out of place. Um, and then I had two men, not with each other, back to back. They were they caught different trains. Uh, one like shoved a, 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 a money, a, a, some kind of bill in my hand. I think it was a $5 and um, told me to get something for me and my daughter and please be safe. And I, and to take care of ourselves or something. And I was like, okay, but I, 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 it, it didn't connect to what was happening until he was on his train and I'm looking at this money in my hand. And while that, while, while I'm still processing what's in my hand, another man runs off of his train that I saw him just get into out of the corner of my eye and drops a hundred dollars, takes my hand and drops a hundred dollar bill in it and puts my other hand over it and says, this is for you and your daughter. Um, and says something like, I, I hope that you and your daughter are able to get away from your abuser or something along those lines. Um, and, and then, and, and I don't know if it was this guy, because again, he took off before I could even process what was happening because that my brain was not connecting that I looked like a domestic violence victim trying to escape her abuser with her child mm. because I was well-dressed, because I was sitting with a sleeping child on the pavement, on the floor, leaning against a subway wall, because we had all these suitcases with us and because my face looked like I had just gotten beaten up. Um, with healing bruises um, and, he- and and lesions and cuts and whatever, I, I-, I looked horrible. Um, and-, and before I'm still processing the hundred dollars in my hand, and then two subway police officers come up um, to me and say that they've had multiple people um, tell them that there was a woman and child in distress sitting in the subway, told them my location. And told them that I might need help and that I was potentially, and that they suspected I was a domestic violence victim trying to flee my abuser. Hmm. Um, and uh, I, so now I'm crying because now I know what I look like. I've been lying to myself um, and trying to convince myself that just by putting on some eyeliner, I, um, um, mascara and red lipstick, that I could pretend everything was okay um, and explain everything away or ignore that it was happening because doctors didn't have answers for me at the time. But now I have two police officers standing in front of me trying to, you know, do you feel safe at home? Obviously you don't feel safe at home. You're here. You have your suitcases. Uh, Your daughter's, your your child is sleeping on your lap. We see the, we see what's happened to your face. Do you, you know, do you know his location? Can we help you? Um, And I have to explain to them um, in halting, stuttering phrasing, because now I'm so emotional realizing that I do look like I am a domestic abuse victim, um, that no, I'm not. My husband is in a different state, currently in a different time zone at our house, uh, that we're in a loving relationship, even if I was home, um, that everything's fine. There's no danger at home. I feel safe in my home and that my daughter and I are not in any physical danger. Uh, we're not being emotionally or physically abused. And that I have some kind of allergies um, and that they're severe and that this is just what it looks like right now. And, you know, I thought that I could do this business trip without any incidents and 
but it, it was so obvious that people were noticing and pointing me out. Um, so that was really an emotional experience. And I did not, that hundred dollars, I had it in my, I kept it in my wallet for a good six months uh, before I could process, like, I felt guilty having it because mm-hmm. the man gave it to me under a misunderstood pretext um, and his perception of my situation. And if, if he were to happen to hear this, thank you so much for doing what you thought was the right thing and going to the extent at which you did, because that's a lot of money for anybody, I think, um, just to give to a stranger, but especially to give to a stranger you think is in need was just, it, it floored me. Yeah. And I, I felt guilty about the hundred dollars in my wallet for the longest time. Um, but at the, but it also served as a valid physical reminder to me that I wasn't crazy because other people were seeing what was happening to my skin. So and yeah, to, strangers and can see it. Strangers can yeah. see it, but your doctors are ignoring it. It sounds like you spent 15 years trying to figure out what was going on, going to doctors. They were, you know, mm-hmm. t- gaslighting you, telling you it wasn't happening. What was the emotional toll of that? Um, I, I have, I don't have an official diagnosis for this, um, but I know that I have, um, there's, there's medical, um, you know, PTSD, um, gaslighting, um, white coat syndrome, however you want to phrase it. I avoid new doctor appointments as much as possible for as long as possible, because I'm always afraid that I'm going to be shut down. Um, had an appointment with one doctor while I am looking exactly like I looked in that subway with strangers giving me money because they thought I needed to flee my abusive partner. Um, and I had a, a doctors looking at me going, no, you're just diabetic and uh, need to lose weight and exercise and eat, uh, more and eat less. And I'm like, number one, no, I'm not diabetic. I'm insulin resistant. That's related, but different. Uh, and number two, what the hell does any of that have to do with what you see sitting in front of you. I just had a man give me a hundred dollars in a, in a subway because he thought I was being abused. And you're telling me that I just need to exercise more and eat less. <laughs> uh, never, never went back to her. Um, had another doctor, a dermatologist ask me. And again, this goes back to my severe ADHD and my um, potential um, autism. I, I'm, I, I'm, I know self I, I, uh, self uh, diagnosis is valid within the community, but for myself, I always preface it with for myself that I don't have a diagnosis because I'm research driven from um, internally. Um, so I, I need that validation um, for myself. Uh, but it all ties back to that in that he tells me that I have um, a severe, he said it was OCD. I think it's uh, called um, dermatillomania. And I have a piece I wrote about that too, <clears throat> that I can share the link with you, um, where I was I was brainwashed into thinking that I had an OCD skin picking condition um, because I, I wrote a full essay about it. I, in the middle of an anaphylactic reaction, I thought that I was just going through an OCD um, uh, phrase or uh, not phrase, but time frame uh, episode, an OCD t- episode, because I, I can't stop picking at these bumps and these welts that are forming on my skin. I didn't know then 
um, that with the neurodivergent part of my brain, um, there's a phrase that I cannot think of that uh, is a, it can be a symptom or presentation of neurodivergence where you can't can't or have difficulty putting physical sensations or emotions into words. Um, I can't, I couldn't describe these things. I, my only words, I, I didn't go in saying I'm having an allergic reaction. These are welts and hives, which I think would have changed things. Hmm. I would have been taken ser- I think I would have been taken seriously. Instead, I walked in saying um, these bumps hurt. They burn. Um, it feels like fire under my skin. Uh, the only thing that makes it better is um, breaking the skin, like somebody who's like um, scratching at a mosquito bite excessively. Um, and, and, and that the breaking the skin makes, makes it hurt less. And so he starts up with, oh, so you mean, so when you break the skin, does, the, does that feel, does that give you relief? And I said, yes. And he said, and the relief feels better than when it's forming. And I said, yes. And I was excited for a minute because I thought he knew, I thought he, he, he was going to help me. Mm-hmm. And instead he, he stops sits down, looks at me and says, you have, it's just OCD skin picking. You're causing this to happen. People like you can't be helped. If you stop picking at your skin, then it won't continue to happen. And granted, there is some, there is some truth to what he was saying. If you don't scratch at a rash, you're not going to irritate the rash, but you scratching at clear skin doesn't create the rash and that's what he was trying to tell me he was trying to tell me that i was creating the cycle um and i i he leaves the room the nurse is standing there with her jaw like on the floor and because now i'm crying um and because i look like i'm in another flare i look like i looked in that subway you Mm. saw the picture and uh she's just completely she walked she puts her hand on on my shoulder says i'm sorry in this quiet I don't know what else to say um, voice and he shouldn't have said that. And she walks out of the room quietly and uh, just, I could tell she felt so bad and I felt bad for her, but I also knew that she wasn't the one that said this, but she at least had the grace to try and make me feel better and acknowledge that she saw something he didn't. She just could, you know, she's not the doctor. And then again, now that I've got this OCD skin picking in my medical records, right. every time I made an appointment with a new doctor, an allergist or a dermatologist, instead of listening, they would listen to me, but then they would just default to the medical records and go, right. well, you just have this. Ugh. Um, That's so I frustrating. Had, That's exactly yep. what I was going to ask is like, cause that, yep. that makes it impossible to, to make progress when you get a mistaken diagnosis that blames you for the symptoms it makes it like impossible to to make forward progress but so then you you get to you know f- 15 years of this you finally get a diagnosis mm-hmm. how did that feel i mean is that this incredible validation i mean are you uh, what, does that reframe your entire experience looking back like how did that feel and i mean cuz it just happened what what's that it's, feeling like um abs- first it's kind of like this it's like that getting a 100 dollars in your hand the 100 dollar bill that i got in my hand Hmm. Um, I just kind of sat there looking at the figurative dollar, hundred dollars in my hand for a little bit because <laughs> yeah. I wasn't connecting, you know, I, I have, I suddenly I have something that I didn't have before. And this something that I have now gives me, provides me the opportunity to obtain other things that I couldn't before in, in what, what I'm saying there is now I had an answer. Now I had validation 
it was kind of like when my daughter was diagnosed with autism. Okay. So I, she was, I, I recognized something in her. I, I saw myself in her as a child, like when she was two, three, four years old, she'd react and do th- things exactly the same way I did. And she'd, pre- and she'd talk the same way I did and just do things the same way. So I, I thought she had just ADHD and I pushed for a diagnosis. My husband was hesitant at first to get a diagnosis for anything when even and when I brought up and then when I brought up potential autism too, because he thought a, a label would be a bad thing, and so did so did um, you know lots of friends and family, and I understand that. Uh, so, but I had to explain to him, and and he is one hundred percent supportive and has been one hundred percent supportive of everything both of us um, the entire the entire way. Uh, but I tell people when I was diagnosed with ADHD at thirty four, severe ADHD, I was told. Um, I suddenly, everything made sense. I could look back on my entire life and go, oh my God, all of these questions, all of these question marks in my life now can be changed to periods Mm. or exclamation points. (laughs) I now understand what the hell was happening Mm. in reverse. It's like watching a documentary in a second time and being able to predict on, on, on a phenomenon that you're not aware of. Uh, oh, cool. I didn't know that animal existed in the ocean and then be able to watch it again and go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's like watching um, the sixth it, sense again, having, knowing the twist at the end. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, exactly. Looking back and going, oh my God, this explains everything. Mm-hmm. And then there's also that feeling of, wow, I had some really horrible doctors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I know I'm not the only one. There yeah. are thousands of women and thousands of people because mass self just, and again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. I'm just an expert in myself. Um, but uh, anecdotally from what I've seen, uh, it does seem to uh, be more predominant in women. However, there are men with mass cell. Uh, and, uh, but either way, it's underdiagnosed. It, it, I, I think it's underdiagnosed. Um, it's supposed to, they, they, they say it's rare, but there are 35,000 people in the group that I'm in on Facebook who wow. all, all the posts that I've seen um, and a large number of them are diagnosed. And, and then there's, you know, also a, a fair share who are in the, well, I think I have, or a doctor brought up or nothing else explains and, or, oh my goodness, everything that people are posting in here, I'm experiencing could I possibly have? Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and again, not everybody's going to have mass cell, not everyone's going to have severe. And if they do, it, it might not be severe. Um, it might be uh, a histamine intolerance issue that can just be, uh, that can be controlled just through uh, over the counter um, H1 and H2 blockers like uh, 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 Claritin and Allegra and Pepsid, um, those kind of things. And just kind of making sure you, you, you pay attention to what your triggers are on the low histamine, on, on, the, on the high histamine diet and avoiding those, right? Yeah. But, but it, it just, it, there are so, but, but there's, I know too many people and I've connected with too many people uh, through social media and personally who either have mast cell or are being or are on the journey to being diagnosed for me to believe that it actually is rare. I just think it's underdiagnosed. And I think I'm one of the many people um, who've been through the same health. The average uh, from what, the last time I looked, the average time it takes for a person to be diagnosed with MCAS 
is 10 years. Yeah. Um, but like, again, uh, it is important to note that it was from what I'm, if I'm correct, it wasn't until it's, it's still, it's 50, it's like a 15 year old condition, known condition. Sure. Um, but, um, that, that, that doesn't mean that, um, you know, people didn't have it before. What medications are you taking that you found to be helpful? I myself um, um, have uh, multiple comorbidities and uh, severe allergies that limit what I can take, which is why I have to work harder to control what I can through diet and fasting because I can only take compounded Benadryl created, uh, made for me uh, for each individual batch by a compounding pharmacy. The gel caps, gelatin, is a is is a high histamine um, substance. Mm. Uh, so taking Benadryl used to make me throw up because it would it would trigger an instant reaction. Um, the glycerin inside the diet free Benadryl uh, is coconut derived. I am allergic to coconut. Uh, I couldn't take the di- the, the capsules that are the pink capsules because I'm allergic to something called ethanolidiamine dihydrochloride, which is in a ton of things that could be its own show, um, including dyes. So I didn't know that I was, you know, so I could only take um, dye-free Benadryl because ethanolidiamine dihydrochloride is also in every other class, every other kind of antihistamine out there. Um, and I'm, I, I, all of my other allergies mean that in one way or another, I'm allergic to or masks or, or I have a histamine intolerance response to uh, the medications, over-the-counter medications that uh, my daughter can take. I can't take Pepsid. I can't take Claritin. I can't take Zyrtec. I can't take any of those. So I take um, just the uh, compounded Benadryl. I take something called chromalin sodium, which is a mast cell stabilizer. Uh, and that one typically works on the GI tract for like nausea and, 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 and that kind of thing. Um, and, um, there's different forms of it. You can get it in an, I think an inhaler, um, and you can get it in a powder form and then you can get it in like clear liquid vials. And, um, I take, I take two vials four times a day. I also take, and this one might be kind of, um, Spicy, controversial, uh, because not a lot of doctors um, who are mast doctors who are not mast cell aware uh, don't know this. And but the short answer is, my rescue medication is a benzodiazepine um, that is prescribed by, by my doctor. Um, if you look up Doctor Lawrence Afrin, A F R I N, he is a well-known, highly respected mast cell activation expert that is actually that actually consults with um patients doc uh doctors from across the country because he is he himself is very expensive to see and private practice does not accept insurance um and so but his office is aware that there are many more patients who are struggling to get diagnosed than can get to him um and uh i know uh from looking uh up his his information that he he does consult with other 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 offices however the point was I've seen multiple pieces of research that state that benzodiazepines are mast cell stabilizers. They actually stabilize your mast cells. So my example is because I can, I've only had to use an EpiPen once in the last 15 years. Mm. 
um, the rest of the time, every anaphylactic reaction that I've had, uh, when I've had a prescription for a benzodiazepine, um, I've been able to um, take that benzodiazepine and within 15 minutes have, uh, like I said, the cessation of the panic attack that tells me things are settling down. And then my, my, all of my other symptoms stop getting worse mm-hmm. and stop progressing. And I'm able to control and stop a reaction within 30 minutes and not need to use the EpiPen because quite, I, I've also been told, well, here's the EpiPen, but you might want to try to not have to use it too much because your blood pressure is high. And I have, when I'm symptomatic, I have up to four reactions a day. Nobody can survive four EpiPens a day, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's just, that, that's crazy talk. So it sounds like you finally have tools in your toolkit to help to manage this thing and to help you, you know, get back to just living your life instead of having to, you know, be constantly searching for answers, be constantly worried mm-hmm. about what you're going to react to. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like, you know, um, I know before we started uh, the show that you mentioned, you know, your, your nerdy TikTok with Star, yeah. Star Wars, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. But I love both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're 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 nerds too. We're Renfest nerds, Renaissance Festival mm, nerds, fun. and we've got we've got we've got the costumes and and everything, and we go every year, sometimes multiple times a year. And um, I can tell you that there's pretty much nothing I can eat at the Renaissance Festival that 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 they serve that that is available that you can buy. That isn't that the everything's going to set me off. Beef yeah. jerky, um, the bread bowls, gluten, uh, everything, bacon, all it's all going to set me off. Uh, so. You know, we're, and we're, when we go, we're there for at least four hours. And, you know, the average person needs to like, eat and stay hydrated. I just stayed hydrated. My husband was doing his, the only thing I knew I could eat that wouldn't set me off. And again, if you have mast cell or suspect you have mast cell and you're looking at low histamine diets, make sure that you pay attention to your own triggers because there are contradicting lists of online because not everybody reacts to the same things. Right. And right. So I, pork is a high histamine food however it's the only meat on the high histamine on, on, the, on the high histamine list that i don't react to mm. i can eat pork and i can eat chicken that's it i can't do anything else so he was trying to find the the pork chop on a stick people right and apparently we were in the wrong spot um and we just didn't get to that area and so he's like are you sure you're okay because we've got beef jerky galore in the backpack we brought with us for our daughter and um and for him and I'm like, I'm fine. I'm like, because we've had to leave early in the past because I've gone into, into major reactions because I've, I've, I've been too brave or too careless uh, or just pretend, just trying to pretend that everything was fine. And I, I won't matter. It'll be fine. Um, but I knew this year, like I knew better because I finally have that answer. Mm-hmm. I knew that if I wanted to enjoy the day with my husband and my daughter and her best friend, that in order to be able to have the whole time that we were going to have at the, at the fair, at the festival, that that meant that I had to wait until we left and stopped at a restaurant or got home where I could order something that I knew was safe for me, or I could prepare something for myself that I knew was safe for me when I got home. And I stayed hydrated. I was drinking water like a fish. Um, and I knew I could handle it because I do go longer periods without eating than a lot of people do just because that's how one of my natural ways of managing my own histamine levels and my responses and reactions. And because of that, I was able to enjoy the day knowing I wasn't going to trigger a reaction. Um, My daughter and my husband weren't on high alert um, and uh, were able to enjoy the day more. And 
our dogs weren't stressed out and barking at everything because they, you know, dogs can sense the anxiety going down the leash, right? They, everybody was more relaxed because I knew how to take care of myself um, uh, at the festival. I had my rescue medications with me. I had my epitons with me just in case. And I drank plenty of water, which is, which is a natural way to help, you know, flush out your histamine levels too. Um, and I had a good time without eating because everything that was available there would have set me off, you know? Um, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just the knowledge that comes with the, with the answer. And that's the time when, when you asked about the, um, what the answer does gave, gave me now, you know, I always, I tell people answer labels are answers to questions we didn't know we had. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that applies to everything from uh, um, uh, being nerd, uh, ADHD or autistic uh, to um, chronic illness, rare illness and mystery illnesses. And um, yeah, having that, ha- finally having the label, the answer, the diagnosis now puts everything into perspective and now gives me the tools to be able to self-advocate for myself and also help other people um, in sharing my experience. Yeah, I wanted to share a long time ago, but I honestly thought that I was crazy and I'd been told I was crazy and I didn't want to share anything that I, even, even, even when I started to suspect, I didn't have anybody backing me up um, that uh, could provide um, a valid diagnosis or even a valid reason for what was going on. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't want to share because I didn't know, I, I honestly had been convinced that I was nuts, that I was, that I was losing my mind, that I was questioning my own sanity. So I can tell you that, Within just a few months of getting my diagnosis, I started my TikTok account and I started sharing more online because now I know what's going on and I, I can share that personal experience with others. And I, I've already had at least two people reach out to me privately um, on TikTok to tell me that uh, one shared a few of my videos with her doctor. Uh, and she's been seeing her doctor for all of these crazy, weird things that have been happening to her for a little while now. Uh, shared a few of my videos with her doctor, and her doctor said, "Oh my goodness, that's wrong with you. Uh, you have mast cell activation syndrome." Um, and um, and 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 another woman did did the, did the same. Um, testing for mast cell is tricky. Uh, there are uh, the the one. This was what would trip me up the most. With the most uh, is that. Uh, my allergist tested me three times for uh, elevated tryptase, T-R-Y-P-T-A-S-E, okay? Mm -hmm. That's one of the mediators released by our mast cells. It can be released by our mast cells when you have um, a a reaction, right? Um, However, from what I understand, uh, only about 30%, and this, again, Google to confirm for in, in your own research, uh, but in my own research, I've come across data that says that only about 30% of MCAS patients actually show elevated tryptase during, uh, in, a, in a tryptase blood test. Mm. Uh, the other 70%, if they fit all of the other markers, and there are like, you know, four, if you fit like three out of five markers or something like that, then that's valid for a diagnosis. Um, but a lot of conventional mainstream <clears throat> doctors will refuse and this has happened to me, uh, to diagnose MCAS 
unless you have elevated tryptase. My tryptase only uh, was was always was always in the normal range. Um, so my allergist flat out told me after the third time, I, I'm not just stop trying. You're not going to get an impasse diagnosis for me. I had another one tell me without telling me because she was trying not to get in trouble and I didn't push anything, but she basically suggested that I, I trigger a flare on purpose um, so that I could and, and be like in the hospital parking lot or whatever. So I can get my tryptase levels checked like during like a right when I, when I started reacting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if my levels um, go up when I'm in the beginning of a bad reaction or not, because I'm not stupid. Um, and I told her she could go pound sand uh, because I wasn't going to like basically shoot myself in the foot to see if my, if it was good, if the, if the bullet was going to shatter my bones. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like, obviously if you touch a hot stove, you're going to get burned. And I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to purposely, like, purposely set myself off. Um, so I, I had to wait until I could find a doctor who was going to, who was MCAS aware and was going to be able to diagnose based on uh, clinical presentation uh, medical history and patient reported experience. Um, and that's difficult to do. Uh, that's one of the reasons I think it takes so long for people to get diagnosed. The waits are the wait time for uh, appointments with doctors who uh, are within, if you have insurance, um, the wait time is, is, is sometimes like mine was nine months. Um, there was another doctor I was going to see who doesn't take insurance. The wait time was, uh, a year and a half, but she was like, you know, really, really respected and it just w- would have cost too much money. Um, so like, there's all of these issues just within the diagnostical part, diagnostic part of the, of, of, the, of, the, of medicine that makes it hard. You're already questioning yourself. Why am I, I'm allergic to everything. Who can be allergic to everything? And then you've got doctors, you know, who don't know how to what what they're looking for. That that is that brings me to my last question for you. What advice do you have for someone else who's going through anything similar? Someone who is being gaslit by doctors, who's questioning their own reality because they're being forced to uh, externally. Um, someone who thinks that they might have something similar to what you have. What advice do you have for someone? Because I mean, you went through hell to get here. You finally got this answer, and you are, you know. It's this aha moment where you look back through everything and everything is different. But in that, in that space where you don't have that answer, it's so easy to lose hope. So what advice would you have for someone in that position? Research, educate yourself. I, I, I found a lot of help in validating my experiences through the lens of other people's experiences because I was able to see what other people were going through in different chronic illnesses um, and missed illnesses. And, and, and say, okay, that fits. Okay, that doesn't. So, you know, th- this fits my puzzle. I was basically, I turned myself into a, a figurative puzzle mm-hmm. and I was trying to find the, pe- but, but I had p- missing pieces and I was trying to find those pieces. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of work and it makes it, the emotional toll is really, really hard. Um, it, 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 emotional burnout um, from, and, and yeah, losing hope a lot and a lot of crying, a lot of crying. Um, and a lot of um, avoiding doctor's appointments because of the anxiety, but going anyway because, you know, you had to. Um, but, um, yeah, research, self-advocate. Um, if you know you have something wrong with you, most people 
I don't know anybody who who has mass cell who you know who thinks they have mass cell who's making up making up you know um or, or uh, the, the condition the, the symptoms that they're experiencing um if you know something's wrong something is probably not right and uh one of the biggest lessons that i had to learn was that it's okay to fire your doctor yeah <laughs> it's okay to say thank you next yes you know it's okay to say i don't agree with what you're saying or not even to say anything at all just nod your head quietly because at this point a lot of people including myself um when you're sitting in front of the doctor and they're talking we've been you know conditioned white coat authority right um maybe i'm not going to say anything back but i'm not going to go back yeah, either yeah um you know so it's okay to fire your doctor and to um look for a doctor who go on to search forums search online uh search that there, there are ratings for doctors with you know you, you can find websites that um uh will uh you know individual doctors have like patient ratings and reviews uh look on facebook it has been a great help for whatever condition you think you might have search facebook for support groups for that condition whether it be mast cell um a severe allergy ehlers downlos pots um whatever you think you might have uh or, or search multiple if you think that that you know what your condition fit might fit more than one and you're trying to narrow things down become your own medical detective become your own medical advocate and start trying to put the pieces together document everything i have a an album on my iphone that is literally called it's all in my head uh and i called it that i created that file the first time i was told that everything I was experiencing was all in my head. Pictures of my rashes, videos of <laughs> reactions, all of that, um, so that I could show and scroll through and show doctors and go, am I making this? Uh, do you see this? Yeah. Because the worst nightmare that I could have when I was still symptomatic, when I was still having reactions uh, before I was diagnosed, was if I showed up at a doctor's office with clear skin yeah. and tried to tell them that I was having all of these potentially life ending situations and, and, and potential anaphylaxis and have them go, but you look fine. And it's like, yeah, but see here, see here, <laughs> all of this, not fine. Um, I also, I recommend um, uh, getting written or video testimony, like short, like videos on your iPhone or your smartphone um, from your partner, from your, uh, fr from friends, anybody who's with you when you're having, when you're when you become symptomatic with whatever condition you think you have especially if it's masked cell and it's uh you're having a reaction to something you ate um or something or or a woman just walk, somebody just walked by you with uh perfume a fragrance that sets you off or you're in a hotel room and you didn't um bring your own bedding and uh they just cleaned everything with all these fragrances and chemicals that you're that could potentially trigger you and now you are just in a complete flare you're flushed you're swelling you're this you're that whatever whoever's with you if you're traveling with someone not only you know do you document for yourself but have them take write a few notes down a text message that you can screenshot whatever and create maybe uh you know a file in your phone a note in your phone or a google doc or even an email string where you have all this information that you can take to your doctor or show your doctors 
so that you have um, physical documentation and it's not just coming from you, you have witnesses. If you can bring people to the, um, who've seen you symptomatic or been with you when you've been reacting to your appointments, especially with new doctors, it's not so important with doctors you're established with who you already know aren't going to gaslight and are open to working with you um, and listening to your experience. Um, but with new, new new doctors, I think it's important to try and bring someone with you if you can, especially if you've been gaslit and are prone to shutting down and just nodding your head uh, when the doctor's telling you that there's absolutely nothing wrong with you and it's all inside of your head. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so great, those, great those, advice. Those, those, those yeah. have been helpful for me. Awesome. I love it. Great advice. Pauline, thank you so much for, for sharing your story today. I've learned a ton about uh, MCAS, you know, something that uh, I had never heard of before starting this podcast and I'm learning more and more about. And it seems like, you know, the yeah. medical community itself is learning more and more about it. So it's an yep. interesting time to be paying attention to this disease. Um, so if people, and- if people want to stay in touch with you and, and hear more about this, um, please plug your social media, plug your TikTok, anything at all you'd like to share to direct our audience towards. Well, I'm on TikTok and Facebook uh, as and YouTube, actually, uh, as Chronically Spicy. Um, called that, I, I went with that title because of the, the, the chronic aspect of mast cell activation syndrome and the neuro spicy hashtag, hashtag I see on TikTok all the time um, <laughs> because I am neurodivergent and I want to be able to, uh, um, you know, cover all of that, uh, all of those uh, topics. Um, and um, I'm, uh, I have an Etsy shop. I'm an artist, uh, uh, Pauline Campo Studios. Um, and uh, my writing, if you search my name, Pauline Campos, C like cat, A, M like Mary, P like Paul, O, S like Sam. Uh, uh, on Google, um, you'll be able to, uh, or, and, and maybe the word articles or writing, you'll be able to find um, my writing portfolio. Uh, I've written for a variety of, of, of websites and I'm working on getting uh, um, reported pieces uh, with experts and, and um, medical uh, professionals and patients uh, published. I'm working on, on trying to get some pieces published. Um, and my goal for the YouTube channel, uh, right now I'm just posting TikTok shorts uh, to kind of wet my feet a little bit. But my goal is to be able to interview patients going through various chronic illnesses, not just mast cell, and, but um, also um, medical professionals, because I think there's a gap. I think part of the problem is there's a gap. We have all of these patients who are well-educated and well-versed and annoying to our doctors because we walk in knowing more than they do because it's not something they've experienced or have, maybe mm-hmm. they've never seen a patient with it before. Um, so the natural human tendency when someone walks in who is trying to challenge your authority is to shut them down or put up a wall. Um, and I would like to try and see if I can in any way serve as a bridge to connect patients with the medical industry and the medical industry with patient stories, because I think that that's what part of the problem right now is that the only information doctors who are not mast cell aware are getting is from textbooks and not from actual people. So when a person walks in like I did with all of these very real, very physically obvious, um, very serious conditions and symptoms and reactions and, 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 and be able to say, okay, maybe I don't know 
what's going on, but I want to help you find the answer. Yeah. And that's, I think, the I, and that, that, that's the most important thing I want to, I, I, one, one of the most important things I want to point out before I go is um, people ask me all the time on TikTok, uh, how, what kind of doctor diagnoses mast cell? And my, my answer is always the kind who's willing to work with you. It doesn't need to be, it can be a rheumatologist. It can be an immunologist. It can be an allergist. It can be a dermatologist. It can be your general practitioner. What it can't be is a doctor who is going to shut you down and immediately say, it's all in your head. The second you start talking and challenging what they know, because they don't know what you know. Yeah. Fire that doctor. I love that advice. Well, Pauline, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your expertise and your journey through, I mean, it's such a difficult disease because uh, even though it is visible, the cause is invisible. So, you're treated like you have an invisible illness, even though it's staring you right in the face. Yeah. Um, and, do you see, do yeah. you see my, uh, uh, for anybody who, who's listening, right? Um, I've been excited talking about what it, I've, my experience in good excited. Yeah. Okay? Uh, <laughs> when we started and we're, we're doing this on Zoom, right? But there's no visual for the for the for the for the podcast. I now have flushing on my face. Yeah, I see. My it. eye underneath my right eye is 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 puffy. I've got an allergic shiner now. I'm going to take a Benadryl. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, because um, yeah, emotion, uh, strong emotional responses, even positive ones, can set off reactions. So, yeah, and um, when doctors don't know that, it's too easy to ignore everything. You know. Yeah, so, and it's really easy to listen to that, believe it, and discount your own your own experiences. Yeah, that, what a good point. Yeah, self gaslighting is a huge problem. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I know there's so much more to talk about, and I we're just scratching the surface here. But you did an awesome job today. Thank you so much for your time and for coming on the show. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity, and um, I really hope that anybody listening who is going through. Uh, the diagnostic journey for mast cell or any other chronic illness is able to um, take something from this to uh, be able able to better self-advocate for themselves and be able to find a doctor who is going to listen and help them um, because it's so important. And I truly hope that people get the answers they're looking for. Thanks for listening to this episode of Major Pain. I'm Jesse Mercury, your host and the producer of this podcast. Artwork by Egg Salad Salad. Our theme music is the song Time Machine from my sci-fi synth-pop album, available at jessemercury.bandcamp.com. Send your thoughts or questions to our email address, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use that address to find us on PayPal. Tips are greatly appreciated. Don't forget to leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Find more information about this show or leave a comment on any episode at our website, MajorPainPodcast.com. Major Pain is supported by listeners on Patreon. Thank you to our $2 per month supporters, our $7 per month patrons, Naomi Adele Smith, Sunny Roberts, Laura Stevens, Brooke Walters-Schmidt, Kelsey Madsen, All Around Foundation Waterproofing, Danielle Signorelli, Alexandria Henderson, and Justin Minnick. And our $25 per month producers, Steve Cavanaugh, Chris Fowler, Ensign Q, Trish O'Brien, and Hipster Leia. Learn how you can support the show while receiving special recognition, gifts, and monthly bonus episodes at patreon.com slash majorpainpodcast.